Peace, everyone. So here we are again, Chief Yuya Podcast, and we're at episode 69. And um, I want to get into a little bit of, uh, just, this won't be too long, but I want to speak a little bit about our ability or our potential to master things and to manifest. You know, um, this past Sabbath, I was able to meet with the men of Anu and we had a extended session. You know, we, we built for about six hours, six hours plus. And, um, I know for some that, that may seem grueling, almost like a marathon, but you know, when you're being fed and you're feeding and you're bouncing ideas off of one another and, um, ensuring that each other gets to the next stage in life that they're supposed to get to um the energy stays very lively you know even over a six hour span but you know i thought about um how difficult that something like that may be for someone who is maybe not as invested in the development of their adulthood and adulting or the development of their masculinity or even at the development of their femininity for a woman, you know, there are so many questions that come up and the terrain um, can be so treacherous at times that I would say that it's it's probably a, an amazing blessing, I would assume, to be able to have those that you can lean on, seek to, and, you know, um, get some measure of, of guidance and support from, you know. And one of the things that I find kind of knocks people off their feet a little bit when coming into this community that we call our new nation is the amount of time and energy that's um, spent on character development. You know, for some, they may hear or, or come in through certain teachings, you know, maybe based around spirituality or based around metaphysics or different lower um, evolutionary energies. And when they come into the space, that's all they want, you know, spirit, spirit, spirit. And maybe not realizing that, you know, that's that creates a very volatile sort of imbalance when your focus is only on spirit. No different than if your focus is only on the flesh or if your focus is only on a lot of verbalization and vocal masturbation, but there's never any connection to a thought force, if you will, you know, uh, and then that leading into an actual manifestation of something that happens inside of the human environment or the human condition. So a lot of the, the things that we build on as men are things like finances and um, investing and where you're going to live and, and mating. And, you know, I really stress education inside of Anu. And not necessarily Western education, but definitely being educated on the things that you are supposed to be doing and, and having a bit more control over your, your, um, your universe to make sure that your sun, moon and stars are properly in alignment and in place as men. And the women have their own, uh, things that they dig into. And, and of course, there's also the esoteric and all of the, the apparatus that are around us to help us to transform life from a spiritual and um 
metaphysical perspective, right? Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> the character development and the honesty and the integrity is so critical a lot of times that people get really confused that that's the focus, especially coming in because oftentimes that's the biggest part that needs to be built up. Sometimes people find themselves within the esoteric community or the metaphysical community or the traditional African religion community because they actually lack the magnetism of character. You know, they've been in other environments where that was called upon and necessary and they couldn't will the sum total of integrity forward or will the sum total of character and honesty and respect forward. So what they tend to do is blame it on the institution. They exit the institution and then, and then go find somewhere they can be where those things are not called upon. You know, those nerves are not hit, you know, where people are asked for that, that particular manifestation of, of integrity in motion or honesty in motion or respect in motion or kindness in motion or, um, even philanthropy, you know, being a localized manifestation within that person and not just something that's spoken about. So coming into Anu, a lot of times they end up having to face those same things that they were, that they thought they could avoid. <laughs> they thought they, they thought that they could escape from by not being a part of certain structured institutions because Anu is very structured, you know, despite the amount of, um, energy work we do and healing and esoterics and, and, conversations around the finer forces and more subtle forces of nature there's still um the equivalent amount of energy put into character building and becoming a real man becoming a real woman and sustaining that and being a guide and a jagna to those who are coming after you and so forth and so on so that's why sometimes it might be a six-hour marathon session because we're just working some things out <laughs> you know, so again, what does that have to do kind of with manifestation? You know, I was considering the power of the Ruach or the spirit or the breath. Many of you have maybe heard that term before Ruach or um, more specifically Ruach Hokadesh or Hakadesh. Ruach spirit ha the Kodesh is holy. So when you hear like Ruach Hakadesh or Ruach Hokadesh, it just means the Holy Spirit, right? But it doesn't mean that it, it transliterates into that. It, it means so much more. And the reason I was, I was sort of, um, grounding on the concept again is because so many people are stuck in that realm of spirit and seeing that only as the highest manifestation and not wanting to move from that. And when I say stuck, I don't necessarily mean that they are actually actualizing the original resolved state of spirit, but they think they are, <laughs> you know, because without the balance of um, the aspects that spirit connects to, you're not connecting the spirit anyway. It's just like someone who may work out their body consistently, but never puts any effort into um, the thoughts, never puts any effort into their spiritual nature. The body then is not actually healthy. It may have the outward appearance of health based on how we socially, you know, conceptualize a healthy body. But 
without the balancing agents of a healthy mind and a healthy spirit, then eventually um, the effects of that will show itself in the human condition or in the bodily condition. You know, so that there has to be a balance. In the same instance, you know, one could spend a lot of time cultivating their ability to think and to pull abstract thought, you know, from from nowhere, if you will. But if there is no focus on physical health or no focus on spiritual health, then they just become a talking box. You know, again, always the balance is is required for holistic health. You know, there was a there was a little book I wrote some years back by the name of Mind, Heart, and Words. And there's a section in that book where I speak about words and and I say to quote, um, "It's no secret that words hold a certain power, especially in the process of creation. The world as we know it is created through sound vibration." Of course, if you look at many of your books and texts on mysticism and world religions, you will find that there is some creator or almighty spirit that speaks something and brings something into being by only its words. Creation is an ongoing process. Creation doesn't begin only in your mind when you read some ancient book about how the world was created or how humans were created. Right now, in this moment, creation is unfolding. So let's look at the power of our words and more importantly, how these words interlocked are interlocked with our emotions, feelings and thoughts. So that uh, little kind of intro to the section in the book, Mind, Heart, Words, is, is sort of just an intro into the section on words and, you know, not only the power of words, but the efficacy of words. You know, what are we really uh, utilizing our words for and why do we have that? Why do we use certain language? And, you know, what does that actually mean? You know, what does it manifest into, if you will? So I wanted to share uh, a bit about how we really exalt our ability to sort of um, play with the subtle energies, if you will, and our ability to command and master what we call subtle energies. So there's, like I said, the force of Ruach. And in some systems, some people may call that prana, right? There, there are, there are many different terms that are utilized for the ability to, um, take that originating force that all things resolve to. And unfold that force of what we may call higher consciousness, unfold it into something that's maybe slower and something that we can see and recognize like light, you know, um, so that we can have a better understanding of a higher cosmic law. And sometimes these cosmic laws are expressed to human personality, right? That's your personality it, itself is a force, you know, and consciousness takes on so many different forms so that we can have a better understanding of it. And, you know, over time, we develop our skill to apply our knowledge to those cosmic laws. And that helps us to solve some of the things that we go through on a daily basis. So when we're looking to understand how to control and direct this this force, this cosmic force of creation, like I said, in some instances called Ruach, some instances called Prana, 
um, so many different, different words, or some may call it the Holy Spirit, you know, or mistakenly the Holy Ghost. Um, there's so many names that are given to it, and it's those names are given to it in an attempt to describe a particular reality, but it's just really a singular reality. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's one phenomenon, sort of like fire, right? There's so many different words and terms that one may use to classify or define fire, but, uh, fire is a singular sort of phenomenon. You know, it's, it's the same no matter kind of where you go. You know, it has one way that it shows up, even though there's different ways that we may look to understand it, whether it even be proverbially or be literally, you know, we, we can get into a little bit of that, you know, in terms of um, the manifestation of fire, if you will. But like I said, the, the, the energy that um, so many people seek to try to employ or connect to. You know, whether, you know, we may call them shaman or we may call them, um, priest. We may call them witches, witch doctors, you know, um, sangoma. There, there are so many different names, obviously, for people, magicians, right? Warlocks, wizards. Everyone's trying to connect to that energy. And all around the world, you have different names for it. And for even the attempt to connect, you know, certain parts of the continent is called Ngai, you know, what we may call prana or what we may call Rurak. You'll hear the term Ngai. Um, if you deal with uh, Aboriginal culture, you know, coming out of Australia, you'll hear it called Kuchi. You know, Kuchi is another word for uh, Rurak or another word for prana. Again, this singular phenomenon which goes beyond just the concept of emmy, like we say in Europe, or breath, divine breath, divine. It's it's more than that. You may have heard me say that before, but it's that and then some. Um, you go to even some of the First Nation um, culture and concepts and understanding from North America. You have the term uh, kukini, or uh, I've also heard orinda which is another word, you know, Manitu is a word. In the Polynesians, they call it manna. You know, like when you say manna from heaven, but in the Polynesian islands, they'll use the term manna. Um, and manna is also used in the Sanskrit. Sanskrit is another word, manna, similar to prana. And um, in Latin, they called it mens, where you eventually get the concept of mind, like mental. So mens... Um, in the Greek, it was minos, minos, you know, men's mental mind, right? And these are all different terms. Matter of fact, also First Nations, they also use the term Wakanda. <laughs> I know a lot of you may have thought that that was a term that Stan Lee invented for his Black Panther uh, comics. But actually, uh, Wakanda is an, um, it's an ancient term. That's used to describe the animating spirit or magic, if you if you will, you know. But nonetheless, all these different terms, and I'm and I'm sharing these different terms to so that you know you can understand that um, the phenomenon of ruach or divine breath is not something that's just um, germane and exclusive to 
um, Hebraic or biblical understandings. It's a, it's a singular phenomenon that has expressed itself throughout many different cultures. And, and ultimately, similar to, again, the Latin minos, or, or excuse me, the Greek minos or the Latin mens, it comes down to something that happens within the mind. You know, all of those different terms and cultures. And, and obviously, there are many, many more. You know, chi is another force. Um, or the, or, or moyo, which you'll hear in Swahili or Bantu language, moyo. You know, it all deals with this concept of coming into or emanating, if you will, from a mental space or a mental plane, um, coming down into the astral planes, which is really where the astral planes is really where you will take your opportunity to manipulate power, where you'll take your opportunity to manipulate chi. Or manipulate the Ruach. It's in the astral planes, and then it that then will manipulate and affect what happens on the plane of causation. I mean, excuse me, the plane of effect, which is the human condition. You know, so it's a powerful force, obviously, because it's the force of creation, and in many different places or systems, that force is depicted as, you know, something that's burning. And that's that fiery part. Um I'll get into in a second, you know, that 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 astral light as it's often called, you know, which astral light is electromagnetic energy. You know, which was not always an ancient sort of um concept. You know, that the concept of even um light being a product of electromagnetic phenomenon if you will um even in the late 1800s was considered to be ludicrous <laughs> it was a ridiculous sort of of concept so um now of course inventors and scientists they know that yeah electromagnetics and which is a form of fire right this this is where we we get our different variations of um of light but let's let's look at ruach for a second right Let's, let's, let's look at, cause there's a truth in there. And I think, uh, once I share some of that, you'll see how it breaks down other things. And you know, one of the reasons I'm sharing this is because I want people to understand. I want you to understand that we have to go beyond this concept of just being up in heaven, meditating, being in the spiritual space and understanding that there's, there's a linkage. So like, again, coming into a space like I knew where, there's questions asked around mating and relationships and your character and your integrity or, or when there's a lack of that shown, how it's addressed. And people may just feel like I didn't come here for, I, I came here just to learn this metaphysics from chief and get deep with that and, you know, study my books and that's that. And there are, of course, there, there are places that will allow you to do that. You know, that's, she said, I knew it was just not one of them, you know, right? Um, if we, if we're going to lock within each other and depend on each other and see each other as support and family, then we have to route out the things that need to be routed out bodily, mentally, spiritually, you know, um, in order for us to be balanced within ourselves and not to become these volatile, vibrations because we're leaning to one thought too heavily so again you know going back to the concept of ruach starts with you know ruach is spelled basically with with three letters resh valve and he 
or Ket, right? In in your Hebraic um, alphabets, uh, Resh, Vav, and Ket. So with Resh, you know, we're dealing with the brain. You know, Resh is symbolized by the head or the start of something. It's it's considered to be the exalted letter, if you will. And in our Kabbalistic understanding, Resh is symbolized by the sun, you know, and, this, and it's because it represents a center uh, solar energy, if you will, the head. And it's it's a high vibration. It's where you get your highest rate, vibratory rate of thought, you know, that's the Resh, you know, and that's your first letter of your Ruach, your Resh. And of course, when we're dealing with the Resh and we're dealing with solar energy, of course, it takes us back to the concept of astral light. You know, in the Sanskrit, of course, you have the prana. English, you have breath. <laughs> you would just say breath. And even in the Greek Testament, you would have, they use the word pneuma, you know, which they'll translate into Holy Ghost, which is um a bit, a bit, it could be a bit confusing. You know, um, and Latin is the spiritus, you know, but th those different writings, you know, regardless is there's a, there's that same astral light that we would look at as prana. And it's a, it's a very subtle force. It's a very subtle life principle, if you will. And it's a life principle that, um, it has a localized manifestation within a person, but then it also has a universal manifestation outside of the person, you know, and those localized manifestations become the different resh or the different suns. Just like in the universe, we have more than one sun and those suns exist within a sea of darkness or within a sea of prana, you see. So that sea of prana has the ability to move those different heavenly bodies that we, um, that we may look at. I remember years ago reading um, Swami Vivekananda and he said um, uh, out of prana everything is is every out of prana everything evolved and we call we call that prana energy and we call everything the force of prana and prana is manifesting itself in motion you know and that that manifestation of motion is like a nerve current or thought force so from thought it goes down to the lowest form which is physical force so that means everything from thought to physicality is still a manifestation of of prana you know uh, whether it be mental or whether it be physical and when it goes back to its original state we call it prana again and having the ability and the knowledge to control that prana is what we call pranayama. Okay. So that was something that was shared. Um, it was in his, um, I think it was the Raha Yoga by, uh, Swami Vivekananda that I read years ago about, about prana, right? So nonetheless, so we have this, this concept of, again, of, of prana, prana and, and how it really opens up our ability and our connection to unlimited power, you know, because all forces in nature become a slave to those who have knowledge of how to move this, this resh 
or how to move this Ruach or how to move this pranic energy, you know. And like I said, that Ruach again being, you know, Resh, Vav, Chet. And each letter, of course, you know, in your Hebraic has its own meaning, its own form. So as we would look at Resh and understand that it's the brain or high thought or uh, the head involved meaning a stake or uh, a spike or a nail. And in your keth or chet means um, a field, you know, or life, you know. So when we look at Ruach, we can see, okay, the head, the nail, and then life. And then I'll get into a little bit, which we, each one sort of represents so you can understand that it's not just about this invisible force of breath or this, or some will say Ruach is wind. And it may manifest itself as wind, don't get me wrong, but it also manifests itself as life power and it centers itself in the highest manifestation, which is thought force within the head. You know, so now you have that resh, that head, and then after the, the resh, you have the, the letter vav, which is the nail. And vav is the nail. A nail does what? It links or it, it, it ties something down. When we look at Vav, we usually look at the spike that ties a tent to the ground or the tent would what? The covering, it would fly off into the air. So in this form, in Ruach, that nail represents the throat or the voice, right? Because we have thought energy and in the thought energy, the Resh ties into some or is connected. It links itself, you know, from thought into the conditions of the human environment. So the thing that links thought to the human environment are words. You see, when you express your words or you express sound vibration is when you send your thoughts out into the, 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 the conscious field, the unified field that we call life. That unified field would be the letter Heth or Heth. That's the field, right? So, when we look at Resh, and like I said, in our, in our Kabbalistic system, the Resh, which is our, you know, you would probably, if you're dealing with the alphabet, you would relate the Resh to, to the letter R. That's the sun. And that's the, that first symbol we're dealing with the sun, which is kind of a, a reference to the life power where energy comes from. It comes from heat. It comes from from solar energy, from solar light, you know, and just like in our astrology, we have the first house being Aries. So, you know, the sun is exalted inside of the first house of Aries, you know, and that zodiacal energy governs the head, you know. So then you have that force, which comes, it, it's required for the processing of the other forces, right? And in that solar energy or that resh energy, um, it, it, it can be stored in different forms of matter, right? You can store solar energy in food. You can store it in water. You can store it in light, of course. You can store it in air. And at different times, those storehouses are extracted from the, the bodily processes by means of assimilation. Then we have Avav. And 
that's the bull. You know, that's your Taurus or your Taurian energy if you're looking at it from an astrological perspective. But um, and that energy rules the throat. Right. So when we look at valve, it deals with our ability to speak and our ability to evolve or extend and project our ideas beyond the mental plane or beyond the brain. Right. So that speech becomes the link or the nail or the the spike, if you will, between our life power, which is in resh. And the power of Keth, which we'll get to, you know, so the Vav is that in between, you know, it's that ability to sort of um, manifest and connect the mental processes of the head with the bodily processes or the human conditions and 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 also your potential to modify the conditions of that environment. Then we have our Keth. Keth, um, astrologically is, um, cancer, right? Cancer deals with your stomach, deals with your breast, you know, and it deals with your instincts and it deals with your feelings. And that Cancerian energy is ruled over by the vibration of the moon. So that becomes critical when we think about the moon, the relationship between Resh and Keth, because you have the moon, which is a reflection of solar energy or reflection of solar rays. So it becomes the the symbolism of the environment. See, that's why the keth is 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 life. It's the field of work, right? Because it's the reflection of our thoughts that we see in Resh. You know, it's the mirroring of such. Keth itself, you know, or Chet really is how you say it, is is a pretty I'd say profound letter. It deals with like the highest form of spirituality or holiness because it's the eighth letter. And in being the eighth letter, it comes after the holy seventh letter, if you will. So it's like being even more holy, you know, going one step beyond that holiness, if you will. So you'll find a lot of good words have that in it, you know, um, in the, in the alphabet, you know, it sits between in terms of its makeup, it's made up with, it's, it's designed with a Vav and a Zion. There's a whole nother science to that. I won't get too deep into, but, um, your Ket, you know, is where you have the word, uh, like Chokmah or Chokmah. You may know that from your Kabbalistic and Chokmah or Chokmah means wisdom. It begins with a Ket. Um, then you have, um, Hin. Hin means grace. Chasudut. In your Hebrew, chasudut means righteousness. So it's like all these different um, good words, if you will, that begin with the chet. You know, even the signs of the eighth, you know, being circumcised on the eighth day and our Igbo systems, you know, being named, having our naming ceremony on our eighth day. You know, um, there's a science, of course, obviously to the eighth. And if you look at the symbol of Ket, it looks like a door, like you're going into something, you know, so it's like going through that door of grace and wisdom and, and righteousness and life, right? So some of you may have heard the term Chaim before. Chaim means life or translates into life. Or you'll hear sometimes Le Chaim. Le in your Hebrew means two. Le, two. Chaim, life. So like it's a toast a lot of time you hear him say, Lakhayim means like to life, you know, we're toasting 
to life. Again, beginning with that, heh, you know, um, so much there. Like, this, so much. I, I don't want to go too crazy with that. But um, you have, again, the concept of ruach or resh, vav, het, meaning the mind, the speech, and the unified field of life or the body, mind, speech, body. And this is the actual spirit. So spirit is not just this invisible force that we meditate or pray to, but spirit is actually an active energy of prana or active energy of force that flows from the brain, then goes into the voice and goes into the body or the unified field. It's those three critical principles. And again, like in so many deep works, you'll find the science of the three, just like in our um alchemy you know you have that mercury energy and then you'll you'll have um the sulfuric energy you'll have the salt energy you know um allowing you to begin uh the great work and there's of course correspondences you know your mercury deals with your sattva and if um you're not familiar with sattva sattva is is that energy of it translates to honesty but it's like the energy of of and in, in your sanskrit of um of just being like a good person, you know, being a righteous person, if you will, being full of balance and truth and things like that. And it's a part of the three gunas, you know, um, where you have um, rahas and you have tamas. And these, you know, those, again, that that three. So the rahas is um, where you have like the sattva, sattva being the mercury, you know, and mercury, of course, is the messenger or the, the illuminator. Because the messenger brings knowledge, brings information. So when it, whenever you see that mercury or that sattva, it's dealing with now being illuminated. And then you have the sulfur principle in alchemy, which is that's the fire. Fire is so critical. And that, that connects you to rahas. And then the salt um, will, again, connect you to uh, the energy of tamas and your Sanskrit. You know, and there's other correlations that you can make, obviously. But those are your three <clears throat> Your three principal ones. And you know, the salt is always important because salt is the power of, um, <laughs> I guess we say preservation or stick to itness. You know, when, when you're dealing with your salt in, um, in alchemy, salt is a, is a preserver. So it represents the inertia, you know, because it's, it has a resistance. It, it, it creates a resistance to change, if you will, which is the, the quality of tamas in our Sanskrit. Right. So these three principles also connecting to the Ruach, also connecting to the alchemy are all the energies as well of spirit. So you notice it's not just again, I want to reiterate, it's not just breath. It's not just this invisible wind, but there are there are different principles, no different than like in our Kabbalistic system. We have Aleph, Mim and Shin. Aleph, Mim and Shin are considered the mother letters. And the Hebrew alphabets. And it's, there's so many other sort of, um, concepts that come from Aleph, Mim, and Shin. But Aleph, Mim, and Shin are the elements of balance, or they, they represent the merit of, um, balance, you know, where there's a, there's a equilibrium or, you know, a middle point of the tongue that balances the merit of the heart and criminality, if you will. You know, so they're sealed 
in in a certain way and their concepts represent air water and fire you know aleph mim and shin is air water fire you know and that gives or gave birth i should say to um other concepts and and other elements you know like air giving birth to um uh earth right or um heaven being created from ether or heaven being created from fire. That's always an important one to think about. Again, when you just think about spirit, right? Because you have the Hebrew word ash, ash, like, um, fire, like, you know, like ash, ash you get in your fireplace. So if you burn something, it has ashes, right? But ashes means fire. And, um, it's, it's formed in the same way with aleph and shin. Where you, again, those three mother words, Aleph, Mim, and Shin. Aleph and Shin, where you hear, where you have also Ish. And Ish, you know, is that entity, especially in the Aramaic, um, where you have Aish as well as Osh. And it means the foundation or the basis of something. So the foundation and the basis of something is fire. Like when you read in Psalms 104, um, his ministers are flames of fire. You know, it's that concept of fire being at the root. Or when we read in the Bhagavad Gita and Aruna, um, he sees Krishna and he says, like, you know, Krishna, Krishna is the soul of the universe. And it's the one that I behold who is so difficult to behold and who I cannot measure, you know, and all and on all sides of him are the burning fire and sun, you know, so. That fire is kind of the root of so many things. And why I say it's so important as well, when you talk about the balancing of things, whether it's Osh, whether it's Ish, what you may notice is that um, that's the same word that we have for man, you know, and for woman, Ish and Isha or Isha, right? So the concept there, again, you have Aleph Shin and both of them you know, in Ish or Isha. So the concept there is that um, in combining, you know, or becoming full, if you will, um, full and complete inside of a relationship, there has to be that foundation of fire, you know. And, and I'm not necessarily speaking about um, the passion fire, you know, that's something that's a bit different. But like, Fire is the progenitor of heaven, and it takes you back to that arcanum concept of astrolite and light vibrations and consciousness and electromagnetic energy and the rush in the head. So that head is existent in man, the head exists existent in woman through the Aleph Shin or through the Ish and the Isha, that potential to explore mental spaces. But it's when they combine together, when they become complete you know which is is another concept you know um removing the delusion of the sense of separation is probably another um sacred concept we could explore in another podcast if you will um but yeah you know like you have the rahas which is your passion the sattva which is your light or your wisdom and your tamas which is your inertia or your 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 potential of indifference you know kind of staying balance within that that indifferent uh sort of sort of space and you know um that sulfur will always connect you to soul the latin they call it soul or the sun or the greeks call it pyre where you get pyramid or pyromaniac which is the fire 
you know, but these, all of these different principles that I'm, that I'm sharing with you and these different concepts are all consent contained within Ruach. You see? So it's so much deeper than just, oh, it's just a spirit. God breathed into us and then we became living beings. Well, to be the living soul, you have to be manifesting these three stages. You know, that's, that's the whole science of it. And through those three stages, so many other things come. It's like your three primary colors, you know, red, yellow, and blue. Out of those mel, out of those maternal colors, if you will, um, so many other things come out of it. So you wouldn't just say your primary colors are red. You wouldn't just say it's yellow. You wouldn't just say it's blue. It's like you wouldn't say the Ruach is just wind or just breath because it's the, it's the formula, the potential of the creation of so many other things and sort of pitching yourself you know, into other things, no different than music harmony, there's certain mother notes as well. And do, you know, again, that, that three is always going to be sort of, um, the connection, whether it be tone or color, or spirituality, three is always going to be the deep part. All right. So I just wanted to give that sharing on Ruach. Again, when you're dealing with such a deep concept, there's so many different places you can go. I mean, we could go, <laughs> we could go much further into it obviously but um just understand that it's that vital power and your ruach is it expresses itself in your your five senses you know your smell your vision your your taste and your touch but also in your speech also in your body um your breathing you know your your respiratory um system is a part of vital energy and your age is a part of vital energy. Age itself is its own dimension of power. Just like breathing itself is its own dimension of, of, of power. You see. And there are, there are more vital forces that can be born out of, um, primary vital forces. You see. And if you have a person who lacks the bio potential, those vital forces, they become lacking in their ability to not only nourish others, nourish themselves, process their mental, you know, um, ongoings and to accomplish the things that vital powers and, and bio potential would bring to you in life, which is basically the ability to control your human condition. When you get to the point where you can control the prana or the ruach around you, you can move planets out of alignment. You can move stars around. Imagine this, and, and, and I want you to think, well, how do you do this? Imagine squeezing water. When you get to the point where you can squeeze water, you got it. Right? Now, in order to squeeze water, it would take great focus and concentration. That's how hard it is to control Ruach. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. It's not something you take a class or somebody breathes into you. Oh, I go to this class and they give me cobra breath. And now I'm able to, no, it doesn't work that way. People will tell you it does, but they're lying to you. When you can squeeze water, when you can compress fire, you can control prana. You can control Ruach. That means you can remember the universe is an ocean of Ruach and the different suns and heavenly bodies are a concentration of slowed, slower frequency rate Ruach. 
So that means once you can control it, you can move Mars. You can move the sun. You can move a star. If you want. You may not want to do that, but that's how hard it is. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to to share that, you know, and kind of create some understanding or a deeper kind of understanding around the work that goes into developing a person. And I knew it, it's beyond just, well, we're going to study some Orisha, some rituals and pour some water out and wear some copper and some crystals. That's for, that's for spiritual children. When you get deeper into what you're doing, then you start look, you start looking to, well, how can we split the Red Sea? You know, cause the, the nature of water is to flow. So how can we separate it in that fluid of nature of water and trans, how can we transform water into solid rock? You know, how can we change the substance and the elemental norm into something else? This is what marriage is. <laughs> When you take two different people from two different homes and you bring them together and, you know, it's already difficult enough because one is a male and one is a female. They're, they're different. You know, one is a male and one is a female and they like different things and they, they come from different backgrounds. But you bring them together and you create a new constitution of individuals that change. It's probably easier to part the Red Sea. <laughs> all right that has been our segment this is chief you i want to thank you for tuning in um got some new things on the way i'm working on um still working on the um sexual alchemy book class i have another book um that i'm i've already started on because i've been inspired uh with another idea got some new music coming forth you know that is going to be really healing got a got a healing project all the music is healing obviously whether it's hard on or whether it's Jeremiah's rise or whether it's red rose or any of the singles there's there's always a, a healing element there's always going to be that um inclusion of those three principles that you hear me speak about there's always going to be the breath and the fire you know and the wind but in the conscious energy but um, this one is a little bit different. I think it'll be um, a, a bit more straightforward for for some of you to just kind of tune into and to um, renovate some of the dilapidated aspects of your own mind and straighten out what is crooked inside of you and um, renew the <laughs> the plumbing that's been in shambles within your own thinking. You know, it will really help you to uh, experience and visualize. Uh, a greater transformation, you know, and become an e upright equilateral triangle. That's really where your balance is. All right. So just be on the lookout for that. You know, stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to all of the different um, outlets like Chief Yuya Music, Chief Yuya on all social media and YouTube and um, the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to And as always, I thank you. You know, I saw some a, a cool um, review left recently. Thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate it. And for anyone else, you know, I encourage you as well to leave reviews. And you know, one of the things I want to say too, because I always end up ha asking this question, the, the aspects of the segments that resonate with you, please share those. You know, sometimes people get into my DMs, which is cool too. Re review is great. 
But, you know, and I, and I will ask, like, you know, the DMs, like, hey, thank you so much, Chief, yeah, for what you do, yada, which is cool, you know. But I oftentimes will ask, like, what part <laughs> are you thanking me for? You know, because, um, from my side, and I've shared this before, I'm just sharing it again for new people. From my side of the table, I don't always know what, what parts hit you. I know what I'm instructed to share and when I'm flowing in spirit. Um, and I know sometimes when I'm speaking, I'll say something where I'll be like, hmm, while I'm still talking, like, oh, that was a good point, you know, but th- that may not have been that great of a point to anyone else, you know, so always definitely, man, when you get an opportunity and you leave reviews, whether it be on the books, on Amazon or on iTunes, whatever, definitely, if you can share like, um, like someone shared, you know, like uh, the way you kind of broke down what the some of these african spiritual energies really are and that we shouldn't be worshiping them you know or how you infuse the hebraic understanding and explain how we're actually where we really come from you know those parts like that really help you know for me to understand okay that that's the part that's hitting them because you know when you're doing this digitally like this you don't get the same kind of feedback i'm i'm from the world of lecturing in person so I can scan the room and see who's like taking notes or nodding like, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, or who's nodding off based on what I'm sharing. But you don't really get that when you're when you're um, presenting in this manner. Right. So, yeah, you know, thank you for the reviews. And like I said, as they come forward, whether it be the books or whether it be whatever else, definitely please, you know, share what parts um, hit you. All right. So until the next time, like I said, this is Chief Yuya. Thank you for riding along and willfully you got something that you can put into practice immediately. And you have a better understanding of when somebody says, oh, the Holy Spirit, (laughs) you know, it's not just um, the invisible wind part. But when someone says the Holy Spirit, understand that it's mind, voice and body, no different than father, son, mother. The mother is the body or the matter, the mother. The, the child or the son is the word of Yah or the voice. And the father is the mind. It's the same thing. <laughs> so when that Ruach is breathed into you, what's put into you is the father, the son, and the mother. You know, or sulfur, salt, and mercury. But you, you understand. All right, until next time, this is Chief Yuya signing off. Peace.